Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. National Signing Day yesterday. Welcome to the show, Maggie Gray. Andrew Perloff mornings here on CBS Sports Radio. Big, big day for the usual suspects, the Georgias, Alabamas, Ohio State, but you also had some other programs getting into the fun, most notably Nebraska, where we saw Dylan Raiola committed their five-star quarterback father played at Nebraska. And you know who else had a pretty good day? Your Notre Dame Fighting Irish. And for that, we turn to our pal Mike Golick Jr. on behalf of DraftKings and our favorite Notre Dame alum, Golick Jr. Go, Joe. How you doing, pal? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I appreciate you guys having me. And yeah, you know what? It was it was fun yesterday because in so much of the new world of college football, where we've got not one but two signing days technically, the one now, the one in February, everything that's going on with the transfer portal, it still felt kind of big yesterday, which I don't think it had in a while. So I really enjoyed that. Okay, what do you think of Notre Dame? According to Twenty Four Seven Sports, they landed the number ten recruiting class of this in this moment. Yeah, I think there's a lot of positives uh, for this Notre Dame class. Pete, uh, Pete Sampson over at The Athletic did a great article about the how this class coming together was actually a really positive sign. The fact that Notre Dame during this fall didn't have any decommitments from the class of guys that they had committed. And when you look at some of the names in that class, C.J. Carr, their quarterback, prized recruit, obviously related to uh, Lloyd Carr, the former Michigan head football coach, but along with him, Cam Williams, a big five-star wide receiver out of Chicago, a couple of good offensive line prospects. It was a solid class top to bottom that I think can be, especially with the quarterback element, a nice foundation going forward. Because you heard Marcus Freeman talking yesterday about the transfer class they already brought in that's obviously headlined by Duke's Riley Leonard. And he said, we don't want to major in the portal. We still want to be building the foundation of our team through the guys that we're finding and identifying in high school. And so the fact that they found, identified, and held on to so many of the guys that they wanted to make a part of this class is a really encouraging sign. All right, Mike, so how would you compare Riley Leonard coming in to Sam Hartman? Is Riley Leonard a better prospect than Hartman? Are, are Notre Dame fans more excited about the former Duke quarterback? Or is he going to be possibly a letdown off of Hartman? So I, I think they're very different players, right? I think prospect's an interesting word. I think Riley might be a better prospect in terms of what his pro potential looks like because he's got the size, because he's got the measurables. I, I said I got to cover Riley a couple times last year at Duke. He's like a basketball athlete. When you watch the way he moves on the field, how explosive he is, how smooth he is, how the ball jumps off his hands, 
Sam was a more accomplished quarterback, and I think a more complete quarterback by the time he got to Notre Dame, just through sheer volume of reps and the way that he had played the offense he'd been forged in. What I think Riley can do that's going to be really helpful for Notre Dame at this juncture, because he's continuing to improve as a passer, but what he does as a runner, what he did last year for Duke's offense, was massive. And I think for Notre Dame, you look at what they're losing this year. Joe Walt, their all-world left tackle, consensus All-American, who's going to be a top-round pick. Their center, Zeke Carell, is at NC State now, left in the portal. Their right tackle, Blake Fisher, is another NFL-bound guy with a bright future. And so you're going to have a lot of new faces on critical spots on that offensive line. And what can help you more as a group up front, I can say this from experience, having a quarterback who's an active guy involved in the run game and can also get you out of some trouble scrambling and making plays the way that Riley can is a huge boost for a group that's going to be, I think, still very talented and could develop over the course of a long season, but it's going to be very new and important areas to start. Michael Jr. is joining us on behalf of DraftKings. Of course, big fans of the podcast, Gojo and Golik. That's on the DraftKings Podcast Network. Talking a little more about signing day. This is just chaos. I mean, between signing day and the transfer portal, guys flipping, decommitting, and even if you commit, Gojo, you could just jump in the portal in a year. Like, you know, I, I get why this is good for players. You want them to be empowered to go to the place where they can make the most money and, and what's best for them. Is there any potential downside of all this chaos for the players, though? Uh, well, I, I think it certainly makes every year a little bit more tenuous in terms of your station on the team if you're not one of the best guys on the team, not one of the most well-paid guys on the team. You know, I used to always say when you were a guy on the team, you would be paying attention to some extent to who they were going to bring in underneath you from high school. If they're bringing in a four- or five-star recruit at your position, you're pretty aware they're trying to replace you if you maybe weren't performing well or were performing fine and they think they could get better. Now you've got to worry about that from both ends and with guys coming through the transfer portal that are more proven commodities that have played football at this level. It's easier for all of us, including these coaches, to look at the production and see how that can translate to their team. And so it does create a little bit less stability for you job-wise overall. And I think for some guys, there is still the danger right now of who you're getting the advice from in terms of when and why to transfer. I want everyone to maximize their four to five years of eligibility in college football. I want everyone to either give themselves the best chance at going pro and maximizing that part of their lives or just enjoying playing the sport that they work so hard to get to this level to play anyway. But you worry that guys are being told things that are not true when it comes to their chances of going in the portal and getting the bag and getting the opportunity, and all of a sudden they're going to wind up in the game of musical chairs standing around wondering where their roster spot is and so unfortunately i think that's something that takes time that's going to take reps that's going to take a couple of cautionary tales i've heard bud elliott over at 24 7 talk about that a lot and so i think once we're getting to this point more guys are going to see all right maybe i really need to look before i leave mike it's a different sport but auburn coach bruce pearl told us he wants the older guys the 21 year olds compared to the 18 year olds in basketball uh, because he said they have hair on their ass, uh, basically. <laughs> That's a direct quote. Yes. Uh, were you, I mean, you p- played big-time college football. Were you just a completely different player by the second half of your career compared to an 18-year-old? If I'm a coach, I kind of want those older guys out of the transfer portal as well. Yeah, I, I think it's a great point, and it's a reason why you've seen early on a lot of people, 
I think maybe spending extra time at some key positions there, especially quarterback, because there is no substitute for the reps. I absolutely, by the time I got to my fifth year, senior year, the things that you see on the field for guys that actually have a lot of meaningful game reps, but even just the maturity of dealing with everything else, you learn work habits by the time you're through into the back end. You learn how to manage everything else. You're probably through the bulk of your coursework and are more on the back nine with that, and they're going to have more time to focus on football to begin with, but you've learned how to watch film. You've learned how to take care of your body. You're probably a better version of a leader than you were coming in. And so all those are valuable traits that you want inserted into your locker room. And then you, I think, factor that in doubly for quarterbacks that we've seen have been such a precious commodity around the portal as of late. But as I think we're seeing more and more staffs, especially in football, where you've got more guys on the field and none of them can influence the outcome of the game as much as a basketball game just because of the math, there is still this deference to, hey, we want to make sure we're finding, developing, and maintaining guys that feel like ours so that we can have the bedrock. That's always going to be recruiting the foundation of your house, but you can put a pretty nice kitchen, roof, back deck on there when you're going shopping in the portal. Mike Golick Jr. joining us on behalf of DraftKings. Okay, let's fast forward to the college football playoff semifinal games. Now, personally on this show, Gojo, there's a lot riding on this Michigan-Alabama game because if Michigan wins, then Andrew Perloff, excuse me, if Michigan wins, then EJ and myself have to wear a wrestling singlet on the show. If Alabama wins, Perloff has to wear the wrestling singlet. Now, I'm not sure if that's going to factor in to your breakdown <laughs> at all, Ooh. but how do you see Michigan, Alabama? Who do you think has the advantage? Man, I tell you what, I, I wrestled as a kid in middle school. My dad was a wrestler in college. My Uncle Bob was a wrestler in college, too, so both of them loved it. I just never got down with it because the mat smelled weird, and the <laughs> singlet is really a tough sell. So <laughs> I am uh, really thinking of whoever finds themselves on the losing side of this. That being said, I, I tend to lean Alabama right now early in this one. Yes. And I understand that's the easy choice for all of us. It's the mental crutch that we have of, oh, Nick Saban back in familiar championship setting. Certainly he's going to do the thing. We've seen Michigan in the last couple of years really lay an egg in the semifinal round. I, I do think it's going to be interesting to watch and see if this turns into a full-on quarterback duel because mm. we know for Michigan so much of this year has been – a lot more J.J. McCarthy until the last couple of games than it was just this Michigan hammer of a run game with Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards than we expected. And on the other side for uh, Alabama, what Jalen Milrow has done from the South Florida game on in terms of not only his personal maturity and development, but I think this offense's ability, Tommy Reese, their coordinator's ability, to embrace his strengths. Guy's a really competent deep ball passer and an incredible athlete. So what are we either going to do? We're going to go bombs away or we're going to dink and dunk, including letting our quarterback use his legs. I think their offensive line has developed a lot and played some of their best football towards the end of this season. And I think now at the point that they're at, so many of the physical tools, the star rankings, the great players that we thought, especially on offense, would start to show up are going to be there. We saw Michigan down the stretch of the season. They played against Maryland, against the best passing attack they'd faced up till that point, until Leah Tungabailoa and them were able to move the ball pretty well. Fast forward against Ohio State, outside of the turnovers, that was a much closer game than I think we're all going to remember it. And it was in large part due to the fact that Ohio State could move the ball through the air against Michigan, led by Marvin Harrison Jr. So 
Alabama's going to have opportunities to hit the kind of big plays in this game. And we remember the Texas game, the other biggest, most high-profile game Bama played. It was Texas was able to make more big plays in that game at that juncture of the season. And maybe Alabama's finally caught up to the point where they can do that to somebody else now. All right, win or lose, is this the last go for Jim Harbaugh at Michigan? Is he going to leave for the NFL after this season? I don't think so. I, I I still think that the wheels of justice for the NCAA turn too slowly to where we're going to get a real answer on this. We've heard about the contract on the table for Harbaugh that they're still trying to work through. I could see him sticking around maybe one more year, but you look at some of the NFL jobs on the table, I'd be real worried about those folks in Oak or in Las Vegas, excuse me, with the Raiders. That seems like the kind of group that's going to try and swing big wants a coach to be the face of their organization and needs to make a splash after the disaster that was Josh McDaniels. Yeah. Golic, last one for you. The other college football playoff semifinal, Washington, Texas. Who do you favor? I favor Washington right now. This is going to be probably the most fun offensive game we've watched all year. Styles make fights. And when you look at Kalen DeBoer, Ryan Grubb, their offensive coordinator, and the laser light show that is Washington on offense going up against a Texas team that finally has the group in the trenches to sustain this play-action heavy scheme that Steve Sarkeesian wants to run there with some of the great wide receiver weapons they've got there. Obviously, you're hoping it's enough time Xavier Worthy and that ankle from the first game would be a factor, but you know, Jatavian Sanders, A.D. Mitchell, all these guys in that room, there's NFL bodies all over the place. The reason I'm most encouraged by Washington is what we saw in the Pac-12 championship against Oregon. When you look at their defensive front, that had been much maligned down the back half of the season, that had given up a bunch of yards. You look at a guy like Tuli Latulinasa, Noah, defensive tackle, that was able to show up big against an Oregon offensive line that was a big, strong group that's used to moving people. Seeing the way that group stood up and made plays against Oregon State down the stretch of the season, against Oregon in that game, that's what makes me feel a little bit better about their ability to maybe give the offense one more possession in this game because I do think it's going to be about who holds the pen last. Wow. By the way, I just full disclosure, I just Googled Mike Golick Jr. wrestling singlet. I I want to explain that <laughs> if it ever comes out in court. All I got is a picture of you covered in mustard with a Bills Mafia member. That's the closest I got. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, that sounds that sounds about right. I, I've lived a weird life thus far. Yeah. So that tracks. That tracks. <laughs> uh, also, Mike, you know, for the we're we're in bowl season right now. The one of the best things about bowl season are the food related sponsors. I didn't know that he, the toastery people, they not only serve all-day breakfast, they serve all-day lunch, my friend. What's a, what are you most excited for in terms of bowl food brands? Well, I think we reached a new level the other night with the uh, Scooter's Coffee Bowl game between um, UTSA and yeah. Marshall, uh, the Frisco Bowl, the Scooter's Coffee Frisco Bowl. As someone who is an alumnus of the Duke's Mayo Bowl the year they decided to dump mayonnaise, the Bulls' namesake, onto the winning coach, uh, we've waited and seen what other bowl games were going to step up to the plate. And watching Jeff Trailer, the UTSA coach, get iced coffee, jumped on him out of a Gatorade bucket that was shaped like a coffee cup, felt like the kind of innovation that we've got to support during bowl season. So, obviously, great comeback win for UTSA. A couple quarterbacks with former NFL names on there that made us all feel old. But the iced coffee running down Jeff Trailer's back and watching him slug an iced coffee 
at 12.30 a.m. after this game in the post-game presser, that's the kind of stuff dreams are made of in both <laughs> I'm just glad it wasn't hot coffee. <laughs> guy would have a lawsuit on his hands. Uh, Michael Jr., on behalf of DraftKings, huge fans of the podcast, obviously. Uh, Gojo, thanks for the time. Thanks for waking up early with us. Thanks, guys. Best of luck. Enjoy the happy holidays, and uh, God bless whoever's got to rock those singlets. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> really crossing my fingers that it's going to be Perloff. Uh, you got a couple other good food-related bowls here. You got the Wasabi Fenway Bowl. Ooh, spicy. Thank you. Uh, the Pop-Tarts Bowl. That's going to be uh, uh, NC State against Kansas State. Are we going to do the Pop-Tart debate again? Which one? Oh, but what's the best? What's the best flavor? I know. You guys are just wrong. If you're not saying cinnamon, the brown sugar one, you're just out of line. I Frosted up- strawberry. <sighs> chocolate on chocolate. Ooh, who's going to a Pop-Tart for your chocolate? There's uh, chocolate so many on great chocolate places a, to get chocolate. A cold glass of milk? Oh. <laughs> I think strawberry is quite popular, too. Yeah, as well. strawberry is the goat. That's an OG. Strawberry is the Michael Jordan of Pop-Tarts. Okay, so here's what There's you're no telling debate. me. Here's what you're telling me. Perloff likes, of all the places you could get chocolate on this planet, you're going to a Pop-Tart for that. And EJ, you're telling me this is where you want to incorporate fruit into your diet. Give me the brown sugar. Let's not pretend, you know, it's almost as close to like a cinnamon roll, but in a Pop-Tart form. No, this is, this is America, okay? <laughs> we, we we love artificial <laughs> yes, flavoring. We, do. we love artificial <laughs> fruit. Do we ever. Yeah, like this is Pop-Tart. There's... Few things more American than Pop Tarts. I mean, if you're going to go cinnamon, what's that? What's the, a cinnabon? It's yeah, where cinnabon. you want to go. Yeah, you jump into the Pop Tart. I mean, if you have n- no concern about how much you weigh as a person, you got to <laughs> no, rock the cinnabon. You don't understand, guys. Cinnabon came up with something innovative, and it was actually a woman who was their CEO at the time who did this. I was at a talk where she she's amazing. She created mini cinnabons. So this is I don't know if you guys are like me. Yeah. I'd rather eat four mini cinnabons than one regular-sized Cinnabon. And in my mind, I've eaten less when I've actually probably eaten. No, that's like that's like when the people who, like, when you go to the mall and you go to the Aunt Annie's yeah. and you get the small pretzel yes. bites. And stuff. No, you got to get, get the... I get a cup full instead no, of the full pretzel. No, don't do the cup. Get the full pretzel. That's the real experience. Ooh. But if I eat four mini Cinnabons... Maybe I didn't eat a whole Cinnabon. I probably did, but maybe I didn't. <laughs> I think somehow it's probably worse actually to do it like that. <laughs> it might be. Tony the Tiger's got a bowl. By the way, I'm just confused. You were at a symposium, and this has to do with your diet strategy around Cinnabon. I'm telling you. <laughs> have you not heard her say this? You never would have ordered the mini Cinnabon? <laughs> no, it's a great story. Cinnabon was really in the tank, and she brought him out with a mini Cinnabon. It appealed to mm. more people. and She turned him back into, like, a cash cow. Yeah, it, to me, it's not as great as Gary getting hamburger with Will Chamberlain <laughs> in the Vancouver grocery Nothing store. Nothing is as good as that. Uh, oh, that he, was... Gary was getting hamburger. Will was getting yeah. something, something else. Yeah. <laughs> Pop-Tarts. 855. <laughs> anything sounds sexual when it comes to Will Chamberlain. 855-212. He was getting the gala apples, if you know he what definitely, I'm He definitely had his fair share of Cinnabon, if you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> he was definitely shopping in the broccoli aisle. If you get what I'm picking up what I'm putting down. He a few pretzel bites through the years. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. You're right. Any food you associate with Will Chamberlain is dirty. Like, that's not ragu. Anything. You can say anything. <laughs> it all sounds like an innuendo. 855-212-4CBS. 855-212-4227. Oh, okay. Coming up next, Perloff is going against the grain. Now, that's not unusual around here. This is Perloff's thing. He's got this trademark. This is his avenue. He refused to tell us what the topic is. 
I need to see you guys react to this because when you unveil brilliance to people, it's it's interesting to see the light come on your faces when I <laughs> unveil this idea. It's going to be it's going to make my holiday season. This is like when Sir Isaac Newton explained to people why the apple fell from the tree, just like oh. Yep. You have to understand, nothing is more fearful for a producer than being told, "Hey, I'm gonna say something on the air. It's gonna make you so <laughs> mad, but you, I can't tell you what it is." Yes. This like, is like this is like the, what they say about lawyers in a courtroom. Never ask a question if you don't know the answer to right. it when you're doing a cross-examination. 855-212-4CBS. 855-212-4227. Perloff goes against the grain with a top secret topic next. Welcome back to Maggie and Perloff. So I love talking about football. I love college football. I love pro football. I love what Chip Kelly said the other day about fixing college football, making it more of a NFL model, 64 teams, uh, way to pay the players, which I think is important. I think players should get paid. Sure. So I'm down with all of that. But I think he could have gone further, and that's why I want to go against the grain right now. Against the grain. So we have some problems in the sport right now, in my opinion. Which one? College football. 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 No, football. football the general. sport of football. Okay. The old pigskin. <laughs> I can solve them all with one move. What? We have a problem. There's, there's teams tanking in the NFL. It's getting a little NBA-like with Caleb Williams out there. Don't like that. Don't like all the meaningless games at the end of the year. We have a major problem in college football. College football is developing into a professional sport with no infrastructure whatsoever. Total chaos. And then... Back to the NFL, we have all these injuries with quarterbacks and all over the field that is kind of making the last quarter of the season a lot less fun. So here's my solution, Maggie. Are you ready? I don't think so. Are you ready? We are going to combine pro and college football, and the major college football programs moving forward will be affiliated with NFL teams. And it will be done on a local basis. So you name an NFL team, and I will give you a college. It is basically a football minor league system. So Dallas Cowboys would be affiliated with the University of Texas. So that means not only would they sponsor them, they do all the paperwork on the professionalism. Basically, you have all the infrastructure of the Cowboys, so you're going to play the, pay the Texas players. Then the Cowboys can bring up one player like baseball at the end of the season. Uh, or whatever oh, you expand team. Roster, you like expand September the roster. Like September call-ups so in the, baseball? So the, the Chargers, for example, would obviously get an L.A. team, USC, so they could pull up Caleb Williams after Justin Herbert got hurt. The Cleveland Browns could pull up Marvin Harrison Jr. right now from Ohio State. Wow. And you go on and on and on. Basically, it's going to become a minor official minor league system. You'd still have the glory of college football, but you'd also you'd have basically University of Texas – Longhorn slash Cowboys. Wait, so hold you on put the second. star there. So every pro team has a college team underneath it that they sort of support, much like baseball or international soccer. Yeah, I was going to say international soccer does a lot of this, right? Yes. Where you have your feeder programs or whatever. Exactly. Of course, we know minor league baseball, you can do this. I got to tell you, it's brilliant to divorce all the college programs from college and instead attach them to the professional teams. Yes. It's inspired. And I'm going to give you full credit for how creative this is. Now can I start to poke some holes in? Yes. Because I like the overall idea. You're, you, you blew my mind a little bit there, and there's a lot to chew on. However, wouldn't the teams in the South 
be and California be at such a huge advantage so, over the Northeast? Like, where are your Philadelphia Eagles going to so, take from Temple? Penn State. Oh, Penn no, State, okay. I, what about done, the Giants? I've done a lot of work. So we have a we have a problem. The two New York teams have no football team. So, yeah, but there Syracuse? Are, like, that, that's not... There are other major programs in college football that fell out. So, Oregon, the Oregon Ducks. There's no Portland team. So, the New York Giants get to claim Oregon. But that makes no sense geographically. It's kind of like when the Big East expanded to Utah. Or is this like why Oregon's in the Big <laughs> no, Ten No, I know. Right there's now? a few exceptions. You got New York and New York. They're going to have... We're going to have to go... Maybe Clemson, because at least that's on the East Coast. Yeah, but wouldn't Clemson... Wouldn't... No, they would Carolina. probably go. To the, no, Carolina. I gave UNC so they could pull up Drake May and sit. Yeah, but normally you probably don't want UNC. Don't There's you? a normal, few teams, in a normal year you'd probably want Clemson. The, you have a lot of issues. The the Florida teams. Do the Jags get University of Florida? Who gets Miami? Who gets to pull up Jared Verse from Florida State? Well, Miami gets of, Miami. Miami right? gets Miami, but then so uh, who gets the, UF? The Jags or the Bucks? Who gets Florida State? It's not easy. There's a lot to work through. Trust me. I don't me on know. This. I need and a map of too, Florida right now. The other thing is, I wanted to give Alabama to Dallas because it feels like Alabama is the Dallas Great. Cowboys. So the rich of the sport. get richer. Yeah, but then then University of Texas. I think the Cowboys could use Sark to sort of spice up their play calling too. Huh. So I'm combining all these schools, and I've worked it all out. The Chiefs. Who do get, the Bengals get? The Bengals get either Kentucky or Louisville because uh, Cincinnati is on the border with right, Kentucky. Right. Right. Okay. So actually, there's you could give them both. Who do they? What about New Orleans? New Orleans gets LSU. They are oh, right, right, stoked. Yeah, yeah I, I've gone through pretty much every team. Okay. The big debate, does Chicago get Notre Dame or does the Indianapolis Colts get Notre Dame? Because Notre Dame is famously a Chicago school. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I think college football fans would hate this idea more than anything in the world because <laughs> it would totally, it's basically saying you are a minor league for the NFL. But aren't they? I, I I think if you're an NFL first fan, this makes some sense to you. If you're a college first fan, you would hate it. Maybe more I mean, than anything it also might be a is it a tad dangerous to bring Caleb Williams all only, of a sudden to face the Raiders pass rush? But you can in only the bring up you can only bring up one player. I worried about that. The health yeah. of the twenty one year old. Uh, yeah, so you'd have to be a really good player. Like Marvin Harrison Jr. is ready to but go. But like Caleb Williams can't learn the Chargers playbook. In a week. I don't know. He can run around, make some plays. I, I take him over Easton Stick. <laughs> I know, but see, he might get hurt, and then he hasn't even been technically drafted yet. So why would he – I would deny the call-up. It's like, if I'm not drafted and I haven't gotten paid yet. Well, we were talking about Joe Alt, the Notre Dame lineman. Yeah. You're telling me playoff push for the Colts? You can't rotate that dude in? It's just as an offensive lineman. As How you famously said, he just pushes him around. Just like a minor leaguer. How does baseball do it? But then – so then – but those guys in baseball are already drafted. Or signed internationally. That is one one How do you issue. Do that? Instead of signing get rid of the day, draft? Instead of signing day, you're gonna get rid of the NFL draft and signing day, the Dallas Cowboys <laughs> would be involved in signing day. So basically Dylan Rayola would have gone from the Ohio State program, Cleveland Browns, down to Georgia and the Atlanta Falcons, and then finally he's at Nebraska that does not have an NFL team. <laughs> so help me out, who gets Nebraska? Nobody well, I don't wants think anyone wanted him until Dylan, Dylan Rayola committed. So basically, you affiliate the colleges and the pros and make it an official minor league system, and you route all this stuff together. And you know, it sounds insane, right? It does. Yes. But guess what sport does this? Every other sport. There's no other except college basketball. Every other sport has developmental programs at every level. You basically join. I watched a David Beckham documentary. He joined uh, Manchester United when he was 10 years old. Right. 
So this is the common thing that pro teams, we're the only country that has this weird college sports system. So if you're going to make college sports pro, why not affiliate them? I was honestly thinking too, all the paperwork, like the Cowboys, like there's a huge office with the NFL teams. They can do all that, the insurance. Right, right. There's a lot of pluses here. And I just like the idea of every team gets to call up one college football player. (laughs) Yeah, that's what you like the most about this. Yeah. I got to give you props for creativity. I mean, points for that. It's it's inspired. EJ is... Looks sick to his stomach. This would be Ryan horrendous for college football. Puke. Horrendous. For college? Why? Because you'd have basically only, I would say 32 teams that matter, but I would cut it down to honestly like 10. Who Who's not going to sign with Texas? Who's oh, to not, be a Dallas Cowboy? Yeah, to be a Dallas Cowboy. Who's not going to sign with, I mean, look, I'm a Miami Hurricane fan. I love the U. Who's not going to sign to be in Miami for the rest of your career? Potentially. Ooh, that would help Miami. Right. Uh, selfishly, it'd be great for us because we've had some lean years. But, like, I just feel like if you're the Cincinnati Bengals in that scenario and you get saddled with Louisville and Kentucky, no disrespect to Louisville's Big a Dave, hot program. It's Louisville. It's yeah, like, but they're on fire with NIL right now. They're going to be a top-10 team But let's forward. just play this out. You could have been able at, time, at a time to bring up Lamar Jackson or Teddy Bridgewater who, prob- who might have you helped go. you. Right, but you... those are one-offs. Like, we're talking <laughs> right. about the Carolina Panthers getting Clemson who's had NFL players left and right. There are some programs. Oh. There, are yeah. some, there are some teams that are just going to get left out in the cold with this. That's so funny. I was going to saddle the Carolina Panthers with the UNC who famously has high-drafted players who don't work out. <laughs> they would have had Trubisky. Oh. Uh, right. Like Look, I mean, yeah. If you're, I mean, again, if you're LSU. You're the Saints. You get, you're stoked. You get LSU. I mean, yeah. this would be awful. Oh, wait, but hold on, hold on. But here's the thing: like we are seeing NIL now. Yes, of course, the Georgias, the Alabamas, the Ohio States are still getting a lot of really great talent, but it is spreading out a little bit. If I'm somebody who say I don't want to compete you know, to play on the Dallas Cowboys, but I have a better shot of whatever college is going to feed into the Buffalo Bills or to the, you know, to the Oregon Ducks or whatever. Like, maybe I've got a better shot if I go to a lower-profile team and, and maybe I get to the pros faster. Right, but then what do those games look like? If you when take you, the quarterback off it? Right, yeah. And what is, or also what do those games look like when you're actually seeing the Louisville have to play against a Texas? Texas has already got a big advantage over a Louisville or Kentucky. What do you think it's going to look like now? When they play in the SEC. When you got guys wanting to play for the Dallas Cowboys, and they got, well, if I can't get to the Cowboys, I guess I'll play for the Bengals. Again, no disrespect for Cincinnati, but come on. It's like... But but a pro team is a pro team, right? Don't you just want to get to the league? We'll see when Texas plays Kentucky next year how big that advantage is, by the way. Just saying, I I don't know that there's such a huge gap. Texas had this one good year. They've been down for a while. (laughs) I mean... By the way, you know that Those transfers and recruits they're getting... Unbelievable. But Jerry's going to want Alabama, by the way. He's not even going to take Texas. So uh, Andrew Kaplan, obviously, who is our uh, digital extraordinaire wizard, said in the chat, maybe a top quarterback doesn't want to sit behind Dak Prescott. That's the thing. If you're a feeder program into the Cowboys, but they're paying Dak $50 million a year, you know I'm probably, unless he gets hurt, I'm yep. not going to have a shot. By the way, and Shador Sanders fell right in for Russell Wilson in Denver. That that can work. But but also though, if I'm a college football fan, like okay, for example, I'm a Miami Hurricane fan. Yeah. I hate the Miami Dolphins. Why would I want to be rooting for these players to then play great for the Hurricanes yep. and then go to the NFL and then maul the Jets twice a year? I know they do it already, but <laughs> I don't need to be rooting for that actively. Well, there is one downside to this plan. The the group of people who does not necessarily gonna like this plan are college football fans. And there's a lot of those. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Me, around. I'm people. Yeah, uh, yeah. No, that also too. Do you really want the Hurricanes? Wouldn't you rather have one of those other programs? 
Florida State or Florida. I think there are a lot of better pros out of there. <laughs> You've got to be kidding me. No, in recent years. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Right. No, historically. I was about to say. Uh, I was about to come through that glass. Yeah. I'm so, wearing a Miami sweater today because of how great they did on signing day. My favorite part of this exercise was assigning teams. Unfortunately, for Maggie's Buffalo Bills, it didn't work out Thanks. So I get the University of Toledo. You got the you got <laughs> the you. SUNY Oneonta Warriors. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> Division three. I can't wait to see who will fill in for Josh Allen from that team. Now, what I thought you were going to get them Cortland. So. What yeah. is the Closest good college football program is it? It's got to well, be something Khalil big. Khalil Mack is still at the Buffalo. Buffalo, Bulls. Yeah, right. yeah. Khalil Mack and Buffalo. Uh, I mean, you're near Lake Erie, so I mean, you could K- get a big. KJ Osborne, a uh, Miami great. He started at Buffalo, I believe, before he transferred to the U. Tyree Jackson, I think, is still yeah. in the NFL at another position, the quarterback. Uh, I don't. Uh, can we just get all of Canada? Yeah, but do you want? How that? about we give John you the Mechie? entire Mac? So all the Michigan, yes. Miami of Ohio. Akron, you get Buff. the zips. Yeah, and Dallas Perfect. and the Dallas Cowboys get Alabama. No deal. Alabama, <laughs> that's one school. No you have a whole conference. There are some schools. By the way, you know who's not happy? The Cardinals. They get Arizona and Arizona State. Hey, what, about the both- pa- what about the Patriots? They get you Boston, get Boston College. College. UConn? No, they get Boston, Boston College. College. Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan. <laughs> Zay no, Flowers. No. Yeah, that Matt was uh, what, 2003? They could, they could use Zay Flowers right now. I you mean, named me two, play, two good players that come out of Boston College guys, in like 20 uh, The Hasselbecks? Hello? Let, let's mm. be honest. Again, 20 years. The Pittsburgh Steelers are basically doing yeah. this already. Yeah. yeah. No, <laughs> they just do this with the Panthers. But the Steelers... They, they should have come up with this idea. I actually, City and jury duty. I actually said this sentence to myself. Well, at least the Steelers would have gotten Aaron Donald back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Bogus is here with headlines. Well done, Perloff. You gave us something to think about. Good morning, folks. Uh, good morning, guys. So at first glance, Saints-Rams might not grab your attention on a Thursday night. LSU versus USC. Exactly. That would grab your attention. Uh, but these are two of the four 7-7 seven and seven teams fighting for the last two NFC wild cards. Matthew Stafford's team has won four of its last five. I don't think anybody's satisfied at the moment, to be honest with you. And if you are in the wrong place, um, there's a lot to be had, uh, you know, you know, throughout the rest of the season, but we got to take it one game at a time. We understand that. Receiver 2 2 Atwell, good to go for LA after dealing with a concussion. Kickoff is just after 5 Pacific in LA. Broncos safety Kareem Jackson back at practice yesterday after serving his four game suspension for illegal hits. Denver needs to return him to the active roster by Monday. Doing so would require releasing somebody to open a roster spot. Sean Payton said yesterday they haven't decided yet if Jackson plays this weekend against the Patriots. Perloff doesn't want to hear it, but no one's playing better basketball right now than those Clippers. Winners of nine in a row after a 120-111 win in Dallas. Here's the nation's head coach, Ty Lue. Give credit to our guys just being resilient, you know, giving up, a, I think, a 22-point lead and, you know, on the road and then staying with it, sticking with it, and come back and winning by nine. So um, that was a huge win for us. Lou got 30 points from Kawhi plus 17 points and 11 assists from James Harden. I'd love to know what this is going to look like after the All-Star game. Because guys are doing this to make the All-Star game, right? Oh, okay. So you think that they'll let down after that? I mean, I can't speak for Kawhi Leonard. I don't think he's that kind of guy. But Mm -hmm. for James Harden, how could anyone not think this is just to make the All-Star team so that it will look like Philadelphia made a mistake? Plus, Harden was so heartbroken, apparently, that he didn't make the All-Star game last year. It apparently matters to him. Well, is is he going to make the All-Star? Isn't the West loaded at that position, I would hope? I'm just saying, this, this is what's going on. In my opinion. Yeah, you could be right. But James Harden's getting 17 points a game. That ain't going to get you in the All-Star game. Yeah, but they're winning a lot. Yeah, no, I, I know, but he's 
you know, he's got a lot of good players on his team. True. So I'm old enough to remember when five-star O-line recruit Jordan Seaton committed to Colorado <laughs> last week on FS1. You got to believe in Coach Prime. Wow. You know, have an opportunity to play with somebody who done it at the highest level, gold highest. jacket level. Um, many, very few can say they did that. You know, I got two Heisman candidates, you know, Shadir Sanders, Travis Hunter. You do. They're amazing. You know how they go. Yeah, man. And if you ain't rocking with us and you say you're a dog and you, you claim you're a dog, why are you not coming to Colorado? There you go. Why are you not helping Recruiting. somebody who look like you? The funny thing is Jordan Seaton's not going to Colorado just yet. Uh, he did <laughs> not sign with the Buffaloes as the early signing period opened yesterday. Maybe he's now considering Oregon and Maryland. Uh, all we have heard or seen from Jordan so far is a meme on social media about struggling to make a decision. Wow. I mean, you go on Bayless' show. I forgot the name of it. Undisputed. That, undisputed, thank you. And you say... You've got to come to Colorado. Yeah. If you say you're a dog and not going to Colorado, then who are you? Yeah. What are you? You're me. <laughs> also, <What> I, <laughs> to go play with someone who looks like uh, Dan Lanning does it. I was going to say, <laughs> I, I think what I saw happen, I think what happened was he's, Mike Loxley, head coach of Maryland, saw that and said, hey, I'm a black coach. Yeah. <laughs> Why don't I give him a call? And sure enough, uh, he may actually pull this. <laughs> Amazing. Talia also, did he opt out? Uh, after the bowl game, yes. Okay. He's one of the guys I He has to be mentioned. done with eligibility. <laughs> I he's been so. in college for forever. Yeah. yeah. Feels like it. So he's just protecting himself for the draft. Do you I mean, has he been who... in college longer than DJ Uyungle? No. They've been in college. Yeah, both no, no. I think Talia's been there long. I remember really? Talia was behind Tua. Tua. Yeah. Yeah. I remember exactly. he came in on a few plays. Or like Cam Ward. These guys have been around forever. Cam well, Cam Ward was an incarnate word. I, I'm not quite sure what uh, where Okay. Uh finally from across the Atlantic, Europe's highest cord has ruled in favor of those trying to create that soccer super league across the continent. The European Court of Justice, which sounds like it should come from a Marvel movie, (laughs) says UEFA and FIFA abused their power by bullying the Super League into giving up its plans. The ruling, though, according to the court, does not approve or endorse the Super League. It is simply about the validity of UEFA's rules. Imagine calling yourself the Super League mm-hmm. and then claim to be getting bullied by somebody else. The Super League and the European Court of Justice. Again, like Batman and Wolverine <laughs> should be involved. Yeah, in Legion of Doom versus Justice League. Yeah. Sounds. Or speaking, PSG versus Man U, either way. Speaking my language. Okay, so not doing the Super League. Well, so they, the Super League thinks that it can now restart its efforts. Wasn't that the most single most unpopular yes yes everyone hates it less popular than perloff attaching nfl teams to college programs creating a feeder program (laughs) called a minor league minor league yeah it's awful because it's that it's it's, in some ways it's like what we're talking about with realignment what chip kelly was saying but that actually makes sense it makes no sense in soccer but by the way uh i also had triple a is the alabamas of the world then double a is like the mac and then single a is like ivy league so it gets even more insulting to college programs oh. as I go down <laughs> wow. the list. <laughs> you just gave us the appetizer there. We have to get in and read the details. 855-212. you got to get off jury duty. It's enough. Who you knows what's too- going to come next from these <laughs> hours of sitting there. You've got too much time to sit around and think of these ideas. Yeah, like we- baseball. What if you played it in Mars? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know. Talking about the, the launch angle. <laughs> Should we send a clip to, like, I don't know, the DA's office to show that you're not... 
You're I'm not wearing well. mine anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, now Parloff will be on trial. Just with all college football fans trying to throw you in jail. Can I plead insanity for jury duty? No, sir, you cannot. It's like he's in contempt of the radio show, not yeah. court. He's in contempt of sports. 855-212. Thank you, Bogish. Coming up, big question about one very polarizing NFL quarterback. We get to it next. Maggie and Perloff, CBS Sports. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can over overthink what you'll wear on that third date download the instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last minimum ten dollar per order additional term supply we get it attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on netflix but what do people do with their ears well for one they're listening to audio americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day oh and you want the proof well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Today's Thursday Night Football preview is sponsored by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Tonight, the 7-7 Saints head to SoFi to take on the 7-7 Rams. Very 2023 matchup. A couple notes for the game. Alvin Kamara has picked up 100 yards from scrimmage in three of his last four games. He's back. While the Rams receiver Tutu Atwell should be back from a concussion. FanDuel gives the Rams a a 4.5 point edge over the Saints. Should be a close game. We're going to get more into this game in a minute. Of course, it's two seven and seven teams battling. Everybody in the league is seven and seven right now, <laughs> except for Baltimore and San Francisco. Uh, this is a huge game. It is a huge game. Sorry, everyone's making fun of my dance moves in the chat. Oh, I now. didn't see you. Were, you. were you getting down right <laughs> you there? You put Jamiroquai in. That was Jamiroquai, right? Yeah. It, every, that song always reminds me of Napoleon Dynamite, so it makes everyone want to dance. Is that um, the one where Jamiroquai was going up the uh, down escalator? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I love that song. Uh, no, no, no. I'm sorry. That was Virtual Insanity. This is a different song. He has two songs. <laughs> yeah, he's got two songs. And that's it, I think. Uh, okay, we got a question for you that seems like a simple question, but not sure if it has a simple answer. Uh, the big One of the biggest games of this weekend in the NFL, obviously the 49ers and the Ravens, but also the Miami Dolphins and the Dallas Cowboys. Oh, yeah. And Perloff, you were saying yesterday, you think that it's already just an incredible accomplishment. And EJ, I think you said this too, that Tua has made it this far into the season. Oh yeah. The it's fact that great. he's still healthy and playing into week, what are we, 16 is like deserves to be praised. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, yeah. I'm not sure I've made a huge deal about that, but yes, well, it I leads- do. Yeah. It's great that he's been healthy. It leads to another question that's a simple question without a simple answer. Do you pay Tua? So we still have a while to go with this season. We'll see what happens with the Dolphins. They could do anything from be knocked out of the playoffs to win the Super Bowl. Like, it really is that big of a variable with the Miami Dolphins. But do you pay him after this season if he stays healthy for a year? Because the going rate for a quarterback now is mm, somewhere around $225 million guaranteed. I do not. So what do you do then? Like, how do you navigate this? Because I think you do pay him because I don't think you have a choice. I think you actually play out the string 
Dak Prescott style and risk getting hurt down the road or Baltimore Ravens style. Do like the Ravens of Baltimore make this contract last as long as you can, even tag him if you have to. Wow. So you're going to get into tagging Tua, which we all saw how that worked with Dak. Who won that Dak negotiation? Dak Prescott over yeah. the Cowboys. Who won the Lamar Jackson negotiation? Lamar. I mean, he got all of his money. Yeah, but the result was both those teams have double-digit wins. I mean, yes, you lost some money, but you got great quarterback play. Honestly, it's a bargain that a lot of teams would take. I mean, you'd rather Dak ball out and you have to pay him than Dak stink and not have to pay him. Okay, but the the whole idea behind Tua, which is different than Dak and maybe a little bit the same with Lamar, is you're always worried about down the road, are they going to get hurt? Yeah. So... Like, you can string this out, but eventually you are going to have to pay them, don't you? Like, Dak Prescott, they never signed him to the extent. This is the first one I'm talking about. They never signed him to the first big contract. He got hurt. They had to finish the season with Andy Dalton. They did really badly, and it gave Dak a lot of leverage, and he got even more money and everything else he wanted. Yeah, I know. And by the way, I think he's up again, right? So, um, the thing about Tua is that we're talking a five year deal. You have to find an in between. You can't do the Deshaun Watson five-year, $230 million guaranteed. You have to be closer to Daniel Jones, two years, $80 million. You have to limit the number of years you're exposed. Okay, but are you sure that Tua's going to be okay with that? What if the what if the Miami Dolphins go to the Super Bowl? What if they go to the AFC Championship game? I mean, the idea that you wouldn't pay him when Kyler Murray got paid is crazy. Well, the fact that you're going to have to go to Kyler Murray as your example for logic, I think that does not help him because Kyler Murray is now viewed as a mistake. Here, I mean, here's the bigger problem. Can Miami actually beat a good team? Because we have not seen that happen. Okay, So well, that's let's the say- big issue. If they get to the Super Bowl, again, that's a bargain you'd like to face. I will give you, that's a different story, but I don't see that happening. Okay, but let's say that, you know, Tua already kind of gets, in some ways, explained away, right? It's Tyreek Hill. It's Jalen Waddell. It's the run game. It's Mike McDaniel. It's everybody. It's Vic Fangio. Like, it's everybody but Tua. But yeah. meanwhile, if they keep winning... They're go. I think they're going to be in a position where they have to pay him, and now all of a sudden the guy who gets the least amount of credit for the Dolphins' success is going to be the guy potentially taking up 25% of your salary cap. I, I understand, but the reality is, and this is why you're not going to pay Tua, none of that, they're not getting the Super Bowl. They, they've not scored any points against good teams at all, and I don't think that they're going to break that trend. I, they're not going to win these next three games. They have uh, Dallas at Baltimore and Buffalo, I think they're looking at 0-3, and, and then this decision's going to look a lot different. They're not going 0-3. Maybe. Okay. You're right. They'll probably go 1-2. But what's the, what's, the, what's the easy win there? I just think if you don't pay Tua and then you start getting into this franchise tag, tag stuff, oddly enough, that gets really expensive really fast with the quarterback position. It does, but in this case, I think that's the route you have to go. It is Thursday, which means we do the multiverse of Maggie and Perloff, the biggest what-ifs in sports. We hit you with one next. Don't move. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.